Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Hello, welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week I have a guest of Maria. Maria, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe your investing journey and how you got here. Oh my goodness. I started my investing journey in 2000, actually, Glenn, where I went into investing full time. And I'm in the Niagara area, the Niagara region area. And I always wanted to do long and short term rentals. So I started in 2000 and I've been uh, in the real estate investment industry for 18 years now. So I know this area intimately and I've seen so many changes in the Niagara area. I really specialize in short-term rentals, but also long-term rent-to-owns, fix and flips. I give out mortgages. I have student rentals. I've done all kinds. And and rent-to-owns was one of my favorite strategies in the past. Um, And I'm not finding that's one of my favorite strategies now. But, you know, and then I have long, long holds. You buy and hold. Why did that, why did your strategy change? Because I didn't find quality tenants and they weren't going to purchase the property. So just, it just didn't work out for myself here in Niagara. Pretty successful business if if you have an assistant that's running with you. Yes. Yes. Well, all the people who work with me are contractors, so I don't have any employees. I just have contractors that work with me. So yes, I do. I have Sarah and I have Chris in my office that work with me. And then I have, I call in contractors as I need them. And I have a handyman that goes out almost every day to check on the properties. But they go check on things. If there's repairs that need to be done, they repair. Uh, If there's something a tenant needs or a guest needs, they take care of it for me. How much should you really be budgeting for like Airbnb or HomeAway to how much, what's the chunk that they take when you're doing these rentals? Oh, well, HomeAway, I'm not on HomeAway any longer. So I I think it's about maybe 15% total. Yep. Could be. Uh, Airbnb is less than that. I think it's around three to 6% of the total uh, mm-hmm. that they take. And then if you go with booking.com or speed, it's 15% that they take off the top of it. Okay. I, I've even shied away from having properties like duplexes that have like where I'm paying the hydro, gas, water, yes. all those sort of yes. things. And I know yes. that people who are on vacation are going to use more than I would even my personal house because they're going to be going yes. to ideally a beach or some sort of thing and be showering more often and yes. everything else. Do you like to just double the price or, or how do you sort of come up with your numbers to, to when you're... Well, I know how much I need to make in order to carry my mortgages year round. Okay. And so and I and I keep, um, I prefer the smaller properties and the larger properties. Mm-hmm. But the reason for being that there's going to be less cost with, with smaller properties. You can still charge a good amount of money in your high season. But how, you know, four people can't use as much water or electricity as eight or ten people would. And there's not as much work cleaning. There's not as much damage. I have never had in 18 years any damages done to any of my properties, long or short term, which is saying a lot when you think about it. Yeah, saying a lot. Yeah. So it really is, as you know, Glenn scrutinizing who's coming through the door. And I get in touch with everyone myself or, or Chris or Sarah do, and we speak to them. And if we do, we can even meet with them at the house when they're checking in. So we do a lot. We, we, our strategy is to touch base with the people as often as we can before they come to our properties. And what kind of screening 
can you do? Yeah, credit card on file. And then you can check on um, any reviews that people have done on them. Yep. And then just ask them questions in general. I mean, you know, you get a lot just saying, why are you coming? Is there a reason why are you coming down here? Uh, so are, is it going to be two people or four people or whatever, right? Do you have yep. any pets coming? Do you know, tell them you don't have any smoking in the house, uh, legal or illegal. They have to smoke outside of the house. So it's all the questions that you ask them. First of all, it's on your website. Uh, those questions or, or what what you expect from the, from the guest, yep. but you speak to them personally and reiterate what it is that you anticipate them doing. How do you find a reliable cleaning person? Like if I know you're I all set one. up. Yeah, I know I you're all set one. up. But you know what, Glenn? That's a really good question. That is the biggest problem that we have with our rentals is finding good reliable cleaning staff. Yeah. And I'm fortunate enough that I have the same. I've had the same staff for four years. I'm very fortunate because I know a lot of bed and breakfast and cottage rentals have had to close up because they, they couldn't find cleaning staff and they couldn't be doing everything themselves. So I know of a number of them in the Niagara area that owned a one bed and breakfast and two or three cottages, but because they couldn't find reliable staff, they had to let they had to sell off their inventory. Think about that. Isn't that awful? I guess a lot of it too is that you're you're asking them to come in on a Saturday and clean, right? It's like oh a, yes, yeah, of course, of yeah. course. But you don't ask them to come all day long. Yes. It may be three or four hours or two hours or whatever else. But um, in my case, if my staff can't make it there, then I go myself and do it. Like I've done everything in that house. You know, my properties, I've done everything from nuts to bolts. I know how to do it. So in a pinch, I just go in and do it myself. Gotcha. If I can't find someone or they've gotten ill or they're not feeling well, I just go and do it. That's so you have, to, <laughs> you have to, as an owner, be able to jump in at any time and you have to take over those, those uh, tasks. Yeah. What would you do if the property was really far away? <laughs> I don't, see? I only, my strategy is everything within half an hour of my home. Yep. That's my strategy. And I only invest in the Niagara region. For that reason, I couldn't. I couldn't invest in the states and jump on a plane. Or no, 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 no. That's why. You know, like I think every every person who is um, um becomes an investor has to have a strategy in place yep. and know the risks. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, no, you have definitely. to know the risks have to. for any type of any type of investing strategy. You have to know the pros and cons of it going in. Don't buy and then find out. Find out beforehand, then you can make your decisions properly. Agreed. We'll backtrack a little bit back to like the Airbnb stuff. When you're taking all the photos and stuff for your mm -hmm. your thing, do you hire a professional for that? Is there any tips for staging? Well, Airbnb told us at one point they'd come out and take the photos, which they never did. And it was years I was asking them to do it. So I just did it myself. Mm -hmm. And then I may find a student at a university or college that wants to make some extra money that's really very good at taking photos. But, you know, I did very good photos myself. So, you know, you know, so if they want better photos, they can send in their own people to do it. But otherwise, it's, it's pretty good. You get better. I mean, it's 18 years I've been doing this, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So it's got, it's got a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you figured some tricks out. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yep. You know, so things have changed a lot from 18 years ago when I started. A lot. Even the cust even the guests themselves have changed. The quality and, and, and the type of guests that we get has changed completely in the 18 years I've been in business now. When I started, it was mostly baby boomers who were traveling. 
And they love doing the research online. So they would look at your website. They would go on Google. You know, they they would do their research there. Where the the millennials and a lot of the new people coming in, and they're not baby boomers necessarily, they go on Airbnb or Booking.com or Expedia. They don't even know how to look on Google to find us. And, and, you know, I'm on the first page of Google, and you'd think they would find me there, a minority find me there. They don't go and look there anymore. They just want this, they just want to have something done really fast, so they go on Booking.com or Airbnb or Expedia. But just, just for me to reiterate, Airbnb is just a listing site. I know everyone's talking about it. It's just a listing site, just like Booking.com or Expedia or HomeAway or, you know. It, their concept was different because they said, you know, you could go to someone's home and stay in their, in a bedroom and share a bathroom because normally people who come to bed and breakfast or cottages want their own space yep. and they want their own washings. But in the beginning, when, and you still find this in Europe, when you go to a, be- um, a bed and breakfast or if you go to a pension in Italy, you share the bathroom with other people. You don't get your own bathroom. No. So the idea of getting your own bathroom uh, or even getting a little bit of a sitting area is a new North American concept where we've really become very progressive. It's become more like a business, try, trying to become more like a hotel rather than a vacation rental. I do the old-fashioned way. Yeah. I, uh, they they call me up when they get there. Not either I either meet them there or we do the check-in over the phone, and then I tell them where where the key is. Gotcha. And then let's say if it's a longer-term guest, then I'll change the lock. And then I just have my handyman go in and change the lock. I don't get involved with anything else. I well, keep it really simple. <laughs> <laughs> Like, would you suggest to go with a large cleaning company? Maybe that would. I've then... tried that. Yeah, you're gonna laugh. At this. <clears throat> when I was into my short-term rentals and even my long-term rentals, I would have cleaning staff coming in and cleaning. So at one point, I went and got a larger company. I don't remember the name of the company now. Okay. And they had four girls come out. Now they were cleaning a cottage that was a thousand square feet for people. Yeah. So I was charged for four people. Would you believe it that when they left? And I walked into the cottage. I looked at the floor. They had left bread right in the middle of the hallway. There were four people there. They left bread in the middle of the hallway and hadn't even cleaned it. So I realized that's not the way to go. Just need one good person that knows what they're doing. They know they, them, you know, your, your property intimately and they're willing to work and they'll, and, and then I always go and check on it myself. What is a, what do you usually charge like for the cleaning staff? Is it like a percentage of like, how would you figure it out? Like what to pay them? Uh, some people pay $20, 25 30 35 I have a special deal with my cleaning staff. Okay. Yeah, so they've been working with me for four years, right? So yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. I think one of the biggest mistakes people do is that they don't um, ask for two-night bookings on weekends. And I remember the first year, 18 years ago, when I started my cottage rental and bed and breakfast at the same time. Um, I didn't realize that I should have been asking for two night bookings. So what happened was I would have people come on the Friday night, then they would leave. I would have to go in again on the Saturday night and clean again. And this could go on day after day after day. And at the end of four months of doing that, I was doing most of cleaning myself. I had carpal tunnel syndrome because that's how much work I had done. So now I don't. It's two-night minimum bookings on weekends, and during the week, if it's the summertime, two-night bookings. If I have some availability, I open it up to one-night bookings. So I think that would be one of the things that could be a real killer for someone who's beginning. I mean, if anyone's interested to know more, they're welcome to go to my website, Real Wealth, 
vacationrentals.com. So it's R-E-A-L-W-E-A-L-T-H, vacationrentals, all one word, dot com. So realwealthvacationrentals.com. Uh, people can call me up if they want to at 289-273-5681. Or you can send an email to realwealth, R-E-A-L-W-E-A-L-T-H, at live, L-I-V-E dot C-A. So if anyone has any questions at all, they can they can look on my website. They can send me a request from there. You can read all my articles and blogs there that I've been writing for years, Glenn. I've been writing blogs about short-term rentals mm-hmm. and long-term rentals since 2012. So that's been six years already. So I'm not only on the blogs, I write on, um, on Google+, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, reiclub.com, uh, some magazines also that cater particularly to vacation rental, and then my own blogs that are ongoing on my website. And I know you do many Facebook groups. Do you have one related to the short-term do, rentals as well? I guess I do. It's called Canadian Hosts dot uh, Canadian Hosts Association. So that's on Facebook. Okay. And then if anyone just has questions in general, we I have my my Facebook group that's called Canadian Real Estate Investors Association. So that's a Facebook page. And I know you're on there, Glenn, and I'm yeah. always happy to see. I, I love to post your podcast, and I'm happy that I'm on one of your podcasts. Yeah. But, you know, anyone can find information about long-term and short-term rentals over there. Perfect. Thank you for all your time, Maria. Well, thank you. Thank you for interviewing me, Glenn. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Keep yeah, I'll you. try and make it down for one of your meetings. I Absolutely. Keep- yeah, and, and if, if I could mention that, uh, our, we have a, uh, a meeting once a month in St. Catharines. It's on the last Thursday of the month, and it goes from 5 to 9 o'clock at night. So we have a dinner, and uh, everyone pays for themselves and gets their own drinks. Uh, There is no entrance fee. It's all completely free. And we always have a speaker from 6.30 to 7.30, and then we network after that until about 9 o'clock. It's at George's Freak Village on Queenston Road in St. Catharines. Thank you for listening. I'll be releasing a new episode every Wednesday. So if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and comment. Or if you're watching on iTunes or Stitcher, please subscribe and review. This helps others find the podcast. If you'd like to have some questions answered, I'd love to get on the phone or Skype with you. I only ask that you listen to episode one before we do the interview just to have the basics. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you again Wednesday. One last thing. The month of May, I will be interviewing all the people that I work with in the States, the CPAs, the turnkey operators, the mortgage providers. If you have questions, just send me an email, uh, glenn, G-L-E-N, at glensutherland.com, and Sutherland is S-U-T-H-E-R-L-A-N-D, and I can ask them the questions. Thanks, everybody.